Welcome back, everybody, to the Box Score Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. On today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit about the NFL, and we're going to uh, talk about the NFC, I mean, yeah, the NFC West in specific. We're going to predict Week 13, and then we're going to do a little bit of NBA talk, and we're going to do that with Clint. Clint, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. I thought we could entitle this, like, hobbled ankle podcast or something, <laughs> since we both decided to roll the ankle on a Friday night. Yeah, weak in the ankles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh backstory, both Clint and I in the past week have uh rolled our ankles in different ways, uh playing basketball. So we're both kind of and, and pretty serious, like not like serious, but serious enough where we gotta stay off it and stuff and got walking boots in. So it's kind of funny that we both did it in the same week. I know it was it was funny when you when you text me, you want to pod this week. And I was like, oh, it has to be during the day because I'm having like my wife and kids help me at night because I rolled my ankle and you were like, me too. And I was like, well, what are the odds of that? I know. I, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, so we're Gimpy and I are going to uh, we're going to start with the NFC West. We're going to talk about the NFL. So, Clint, you know, 49ers fan, let's start with the NFC West. Uh, the Niners are leading that division right now, 8-3. and three. Seattle's been kind of on a downslide with a 6-5 and five record. The Rams, on um, sort of like the opposite, they're actually looking a little better. They're 5-6. and six. And then you have the Cardinals, who got Kyler Murray back, back, back which makes them a little bit exciting, but they're still 2-10. and 10. So, uh, what's your, I guess, overall thoughts? Well... The Cardinals, we'll start from the bottom. The Cardinals, yeah, okay, yeah, kind of like what they are. I still don't know why they're playing Kyler Murray. If they're, I mean, I guess they're saying they're sold on him for the future, but um, I don't know. You're gonna have a top pick. Do, <laughs> you, do you think? Worry. Do you think maybe they want their price to go up, like the value, because they might want to look to in trading him? Yeah, I think that. I think that's what they're thinking. It just seems like risky. Yep. You know, sure, each week sure. you escape is probably uh, for them like a blessing, but you just worry if he hurts himself again, you know, now you're stuck because I'm sure he's not going to rush to pass that physical <laughs> before right, the guarantee date. So, right. but you know, they, they've had injuries pile up. They've lost some guys on defense. So I think they're, uh, they're playing for Cancun at this point. They, I mean, the Rams just totally boat raced them. So, and like you said, with the Rams, they're seem to be trending up. I think they're one of those like good, bad teams that mm. Bill Simmons talks about. Like yeah. they're going to, they'll be competitive and they'll probably take care of some of these bad teams. But if they play a good team after halftime, it kind of, they kind of run out of juice, run out of what they can do. But at, at least our over under when we did that early in the year, I was nervous with the Rams to take the over, but <laughs> Stafford has held on long yeah. enough that it looks good. So yeah, it was, it was the Stafford and cup thing that worried me. Now cup has missed games. What I couldn't have predicted was Atwell and Poku. Just Puka Puka. Puka. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, them, um, them to just kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like becoming the, the receiving threats that they have. So when cup was out for a little bit, th them two were able to carry that load. Yeah. And their, their defense is, you know, they, well, they looked really good last week, but good enough against mm -hmm. those teams. So the Rams, they might sneak in, they might get that seven seed. Um, the Seahawks. Ooh. <laughs> you know, they, again, they might be that good, bad team but I think they're a little above that, but they just, it doesn't look the same. It's, it's really yeah. weird. You know, 
I think the they play in Jackson Smith and Jigma more in Jigma more, which they need to, but I think it has thrown off like the flow of their offense. The run game doesn't look the same. Gino doesn't look comfortable. Like he's kind of regressed to more of who uh, he kind of showed he has been in his career. Um, so it's just, it's kind of, it's disappointing for them. Yeah. Even Metcalf, right? Like he hasn't looked that great this year. He had a couple drops last week that would have helped them. He seems like he's kind of losing the end of the rope too. He's out here <laughs> pushing guys, getting penalties. Um, and their their defense just it falls into the. Um, and again, I'm not picking on the Seahawks because I do this with the Packers too. Like you'll, I saw two things like on Twitter a couple of weeks ago between like Tariq Woolen and Witherspoon, and you'll see it with Jay Alexander, and you're like locked down. 17 percent you know 17 passer rating against them and you're like yeah, that's good and all but that team's getting torched right right so it, it, it's you know what what are we uh what are we celebrating and like that Niners game there was even though they had that pick six after the third quarter there wasn't a point in that game where I'm like oh the Niners are gonna lose this game it was just well, just run it a few more times and we got this. We'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like to be fair to the Seahawks, like if you look at the games that they've lost, I mean, like uh, McVay, Sean McVay has Pete Carroll's number. So they lost twice to the Rams, but then Baltimore, that's not a bad loss. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, that's not a bad loss. The the Niners that, you know, that team's got their number and and, and the Niners are, pro, you know, what one, one of the top two teams in the NFC right now. Uh, but it's their schedule going forward that is just and we'll talk about that a little bit because I want to talk to you about playoff chances for the Rams and the Seahawks. But it's 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 their schedule that's much tougher this year than it was last year. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, when we talked about it before, they had to fatten up early on in the year and they did. Fairly good. You hope, you know, either a Baltimore or a Cincinnati, like one of those teams you can escape with. Like they got Detroit earlier in the year, but it's just Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, something like that. Their next four. Yeah, yeah, we'll tell, yeah. That's just, you know, brutal and it gets late soon. So, yeah, I think it's just a combination of you regress a little. And then, like you said, now you're playing the schedule this year wasn't um, all roses and cupcakes. Right. Now it becomes difficult. Yeah. And how, how are we feeling about your Niners? A little better. Like the run D still worries me. Like it doesn't worry me against, you know, like Dallas or Seattle. um, But like, they're going to play the Eagles this week. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, the run game, Javon Hargrave has been fine but he's not like a run stopper. Like Philly struggled to stop the run with him. So I'm worried from that aspect, like the tush push is always going to work. So just I, I half the teams, I feel like you shouldn't even line up to stop it. Just wait and touch him when he comes over the pile. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. But, um, the, the defense has become better. Like chase young. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've like watched him out there. The dude looks like a giant. Like he is. Yeah. He, he almost looks like one of those guys who are like, how does this guy not have 15 sacks every year? Uh, but just his presence has helped right. each one. Like, yeah. kind of like you thought. Like, he's not putting up great numbers, but Bosa has come on because he got more single coverage. So I just think what I worry about in a game like this is Kyle Shanahan does trust Brock Purdy. 
mm-hmm. and he wants to come in, prove a point, and throw the ball too much, which I think they'll be able to throw on the Eagles. Their linebackers, which the 49ers attack, aren't good. But I think you need to run. <laughs> I yeah. think this needs to be a ball control game. Yeah, that's that's definitely a Shanahan thing with his quarterbacks, but it also leaks into his like tree as well because Mike McDaniels will do this the same thing when you're running the ball really well with Mosert or uh, A Chan there, and then they're like, oh, let's let's do like four play actions in a row with two, and it's like we're averaging seven yards a carry. What are we doing here? You know. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting with the 49ers because. The two teams that, uh, you know, they might have to go up against uh, that are solid run teams is the Eagles, right? And then the other team would be the um, the Lions. The only positive about the Lions is you can throw all Lions, so you're not going to have much of a, a, you know, Purdy's going to look really, really good there, but stopping the run in, in that sense. So uh, the Chase Young thing, just like you mentioned, I, I, the presence. The presence alone, you can't double anybody else because he's on the on the field. So that was a that's a good trade just for that that aspect. So I'm really excited about that game this weekend. That's going to be a fun game. I was. It makes me more nervous that Vegas made the 49ers the favorite because that's just what the Eagles need is more motivation. I was like, make it a pick them at least, or Eagles minus one and a half. But I'm like, great. Now the Eagles are going to be like, oh, they view us as underdogs at home. Yeah, the 49ers already whined about not having the quarterback last year. And and, and how is like that not flexed to Sunday night? Uh, I I don't know. Um, anyway, that that might be a different whole podcast altogether. Like, what are the what's the NFL doing? I thought they were able to flex more games now. Yeah, I don't know if I think a network can protect one. And I okay. think, I mean, I'm sure Fox, like, right. You, you can't <laughs> touch whatever. that one. Yeah, that's you true. Can keep that one. But you're right. It would be like a perfect Sunday night game, you yeah. know, out East. It would be dark early, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's just focus on the two middle teams because obviously the NFC wild card is, uh, they're all up for the air in the air, except the, the number five seed. That's clearly Dallas is going to get that number five seed. So who, whoever wins the South is going to get the Cowboys. Uh, so it comes down to a couple of different teams that are fighting for these spots, including like Minnesota, somehow Green Bay still in it. Uh, but um, the two of the teams are going to be the Rams and the Seahawks. So I want to just go over the schedule of each team. And then you, I want you to pick who you think is more likely to make the playoffs. And you might have someone else, someone already in mind, but I thought it'd be fun to go over the schedule anyway. So let's start with the Seahawks. Uh, Their next opponent, uh, which we'll pick in a little bit is the Cowboys. Do you see them winning or losing that one? I think the Cowboys is their best chance of a team to beat coming up. Um, maybe the Cowboys overlook it, but I don't think the I, I right now I'd pick Cowboys to beat them. Okay. Then they got the Niners again. That's a loss. And then they got Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't think they can beat Philly. <laughs> okay. Uh they got the Titans. Yep, I think they'll beat the Titans. The Steelers. That one is it's in Seattle, right? Yeah, I think they can beat uh, uh, Pittsburgh in Seattle. Okay. The the one concern I have is the Steelers' offense actually looked yeah. pretty solid. Like, people look at the score and like, oh, only 16 points. They they were throwing the ball downfield. They had over 400 yards of offense. They actually looked pretty solid. So I, I'm interested to see how that progresses, their offense. Um, Cardinals? 
And I think they'll beat the Cardinals. So I think they'll go, is that nine and eight? Nine and eight. Okay. So they're nine and eight. So now we got to go to um, the Los Angeles Rams and let's see where your thoughts are here. So they're five and six and they don't have, they have the tiebreaker over, uh, over um, the uh, Seahawks. So uh, here's their schedule. The Browns. I'm shocked they're actually favored in this game. <laughs> yeah. I guess the Browns quarterback situation, like it sounds like Joe Flacco might actually start in this game. So I have no idea what that is. So, and young is injured, right? Like not young. Um, uh, Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. yeah. He said he's going to play, but you know, when you hear something pop in your shoulder, like I'm sure repeatedly trying to get around the edge, isn't great for that. Correct. Um, it's just that pass rush makes me worried against you know, the Rams wearing down over time, but I'll give them this game just for the fact that they're playing Joe Flacco and maybe the Browns are a little discouraged <laughs> going through quarterbacks every diff- every week's a new guy. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Uh, Baltimore. That's a loss. Yeah. Washington. I think they can be Washington. Yeah. It's in LA. Yeah. Saints. This is hard. My, my Saints were one of my like sneaky picks this year. Mm-hmm. That, all of us, all of us. I think a lot of that's us take falling this like, off. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it to him against the Saints right now. I don't see anything good for the Saints. And again, it's in its home game. So, Giants. I think they can beat the Giants. And then San Francisco. That game could mean nothing. Hard. I'll give them a loss for right now. But like, if that came down to like the Eagles had the one seed locked up and the Niners don't need it, um, you could get that win but I would put it as a loss for now. Yeah. So that's still four wins, which puts them at nine and eight. So in our predictor here, we we would have the Rams getting in the playoffs over the Seahawks. Not that they both can't make it. They both actually could still make it. But if if we had to pick one of the two teams, it would be the, the Rams. And I would never have guessed the Rams at the beginning of the year because I just didn't think Safford and would stay healthy, honestly. And he hasn't really stayed a hundred percent healthy, but he's, He's powering through some stuff. Yeah, I think it'll come down to it'd be interesting if all three of those teams tie, like if the Packers get to nine wins. Oh, no, one. Their schedule is pretty uh, soft after this week. Um, they get the Vikings, but, you know, you see what that what a three way tiebreaker would be if they were all eight because the Packers beat the Rams, but they didn't play the Seahawks. So. Um, who do the let's see? I'm just um, I'm I'm curious who they have left. They have the, the Chiefs uh, this week. Yeah, and then they get the Giants. Yeah, Tampa Bay, Carolina. Yeah, they don't have a bad schedule down the stretch. It'll come down to Vikings and Bears. You know the Bears. I don't know the the Bears just celebrated like they won the Super Bowl and they beat the Vikings. I don't know like if you two, saw that. Yeah, I had yeah. a Bears fan send it to me and I was like, wow. That's that defines a winning organization. They're just celebrating, throwing stuff across the locker room. But you know, maybe maybe the Bears, you know, don't tank that game because they have the number one pick locked up with Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, that's correct. Well, it, yeah, they could get like two top five picks if they're they're smart enough or whatever. So, okay. So, a- any any other thoughts about this division? Any other predictions? Oh, it kind of kind of went how I think it's going to go. Well, I guess the Rams could get the second spot. We kind of picked the Seahawks to fall to by default, but um, 
I think it's kind of gone how we thought they were all, we all picked them kind of close between Seattle and the Rams if they were healthy, but you know, that's true. Not a, not a terribly intimidating deep, uh, division as it turned out. It's kind of the 49ers and they kind of let the Seahawks into it by missing a field goal against the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of is what it is. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think you're, I think, you know, you you got your your team on top, but the 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 fight between the two the for that second spot and possibly a wild card is going to be interesting to watch down the stretch. Um, you ready to pick week thirteen then? Let's do it. Okay, so we're gonna do Ryan versus guest week thirteen. Uh, so week twelve, Travis was our guest, and uh, Eric won the week. He had twelve correct last week. I had eleven, and Travis only got seven right. So poor Travis, uh, not showing up for the guest. Uh, the guests were in the lead going into last week, but now they're not. I'm at one eleven. Eric is at one hundred one, and the guest is at one hundred eight. So I have a three point advantage because of what happened. Last Clean week. sweep this week. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, <laughs> so let's start with the game we kind of already mentioned. The game that's happening actually tonight: the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. Clint, who do you have in that one? I'll take the Cowboys. Yeah, me too. Okay. The uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are bad, but they always, <laughs> variable always scares me. Derrick Henry is one, you know, a two touchdown game away. I'll go with the Colts. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go Titans. I just, I can't see the, the Colts aren't going to make the playoffs, right? Like, it's not going to happen. I can't. <laughs> I don't want I, I mean I like him as a backup, but I don't want to see Gardner and Minshew in the playoffs. You know, Agreed. But he's he's held it together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh the LA Chargers at the New England Patriots. <laughs> I am really tempted <laughs> to pick the Patriots, but I'll go with the Chargers. Yeah, I'm gonna go Chargers as well. It would be so Chargers as to <sighs> blow that game. I know. I'm kind of almost like okay yeah let's not let's not talk about that uh because i'll talk myself into picking the patriots uh the detroit lions at the new orleans saints i'm gonna give the the lions the benefit of the doubt like when we were texting that they just uh took thanksgiving off because they were playing the packers um but i'll go with the lions me too i i think the rest will help but like it's just it's the same like in reverse, like when the Packers were really good and the Lions on Thanksgiving would beat the Packers. It's kind of, it kind of reminds you of that. And then people are like, oh, what do we take away from it? And the Packers would wind up like 15 and whatever. It's like maybe it's just an off day for the team that in in, in division that they lost to. And, and, and that's what I think. Although the defense is a little bit scary uh, in a negative way for the Lions because they cannot generate pass rush if Aiden Hutchinson is not getting to the quarterback. And we knew that to be the problem before the trade deadline and they did nothing about it. So um, now they're, they're kind of reaping the, the reaping what they sow, so to speak on that. Um, Atlanta Falcons at the new York jets. Man, what a game that is. Um, I'll take the Falcons. Okay. You don't think the news of Aaron Rodgers practicing is going to inspire this team to be like, Hey, we can, we got to keep winning so that he'll come back. 
I think it is, but the problem is you're still playing Tim Boyle. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, Clint. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons as well. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa. Yeah, me too. Panthers are just so bad. Though you have to worry about the interim coach. Hey, maybe we'll play something, but I think Tampa's run defense is good enough to, I don't think Bryce Young is going to throw for 400 yards in this game and prove them wrong. And I don't know if Frank Reich was like the real problem. It sounds like ownership there is a little <laughs> messed up. So if it, if it's in the building, firing your coach ain't going to fix it. Um, the Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders. I'll take Miami as long as I, I didn't check the weather, but I'm just going to assume that uh, that Washington defense is pretty porous. So, yeah. Uh, the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans. This is actually going to be a pretty good game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos. Okay. I, I'm going to take Houston, uh, but this could be for a playoff spot, a tiebreaker, which is crazy to think like after that team gave up 70 points that they're in this position. The Dolphins, the Dolphins saved their season. Yeah, probably. Like they were so embarrassed. They're like, hey, we got to get this fixed. We can't be doing that. Um, the Cleveland Browns at the LA Rams. I'll go with the Rams. I'll give them this one. Man, I don't know. I just that defense is always scares me with the Browns. They can win the game by themselves. It's at home, but is it really at home when it comes to LA teams? I might. I'm gonna pick. I'm a Stafford guy. I'm gonna have to root for Stafford. Okay, we're gonna pick the Rams. There's so many of these like close games with not great teams. We were like, oh, I mean, like the Falcon Jets. Like, uh, I mean, (laughs) I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets won or the Browns or the Rams. Like, some of these are just toss up games. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where like if you're rooting to me, like if you're rooting for the team to win, um, do you want to be really rooting for Tim Boyles or you know Joe Flacco? <laughs> like yeah, that that's kind of what it comes down to. I'd I'd rather be rooting for Stafford. Um San Francisco 49ers game of the week at the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm gonna I'll I'll just go with my heart and pick the Niners. Yeah, <laughs> the Niners. I'm worried. I saw, I didn't double check. I saw it might be a little rainy, which Brock Purdy seems to have smaller hands and doesn't do great in the rain. So um, I'm worried about that aspect, but I'll take the Niners. I'll have some faith this week. Okay. I'm going to go Philadelphia. I'm going to go with your head. (laughs) Not your heart. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Kansas city chiefs at the green Bay Packers chiefs. Yeah, me too. Chiefs. And then the Monday night game, Cincinnati Bengals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars. Yeah, me too. Okay, that's it for football talk. Anything else on football before we move on to basketball? Just the season comes fast. I mean, the season comes to an end fast. Like, it's December. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) You look through the schedule or even your fantasy schedule, you're like, holy cow, this is we're at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially fantasy. It's like, man, playoffs start in a, a week or two. So depending on your league. Um, yeah, so, so it's uh, it's the exciting time of year. We'll find out what these teams are made of. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. 
Uh, Dolphins. Okay. Let's go to the uh, other part of our podcast. We're going to talk about some NBA. So Clint has been my go-to guy for NBA for a long time. So I am, I'm making a segment just for him called Clint hits Clint hits. But before we talk about his hits, we're going to talk about the in season tournament. And one thing that I remember is when it was announced, me and you were pretty skeptical about it. Uh, What are your feelings about it? As of right now, because obviously, again, we were skeptical. We didn't understand the purpose. We didn't know if it would hit with the fans and especially like the casual fans. So what's your thoughts? I think it's actually it's, it's gone better than I thought um, because the players seem to have taken it serious, which I guess is the whole purpose of it. And like as far as fan engagement, I don't know if you're going to get it year one, uh, but maybe now that you've seen you know, the court designs, the jerseys, which are hit and miss, but you have the different feel from it when you show up like, oh, okay, this is an in-season tournament game. The players have played for the most part. Um, So I think if that continues and we go through, we're about to go into the knockout round in that. Like if that continues all the way through and you get Bucks Celtics in the second round or you get Lakers Celtics or Bucks Lakers, you know, like you get a good, uh, finish to this i think it'll draw fan engagement like they wanted to going forward yeah i'm kind of interested to see what like like because i'm not like me and you i don't feel like are like casual we're probably a tier above we're not like experts we're not you know like that but we're maybe a tier above we're like if there's a basketball game on and i'm like you know, like playing a game or just like doing something, I'll have it on in the background, whatever interests me, I'll just have it on, you know, with Sunday, uh, not Sunday ticket league pass. So it's not like I wouldn't watch the games anyway. So I'm more interested to see about like, did it get people to stay home and watch them? Right. Because that's the purpose is you want more viewership. You want more people invested. I don't know if it quite did that with casual fans, but like you said, in time, it could, especially if they make a little bit more tweaks to it because this is an initial run, but yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised on how like fun it's been like, and, and so, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see if they, and we'll talk about changes in a second, but what's like your biggest like pro of it? Like what, what was your favorite part of the in season tournament so far? Well, I actually liked, you know, like the Celtics being up 20 something and fouling, like, oh. <laughs> like, like playing for the points or whatever. Like I like the strategy of that. But I just like teams cared enough mm. like that they were going into it like we like the Celtics, uh, not the Celtics, the Knicks, like just boat race. They went into that game and they're like, we got to win and we got to win big. Like they played for it. Like, and sure, you know, no one. Well, if you're home, you love when your team wins by 40. It's fun in that. If you're the other team, you don't. But like, I like that the teams all took it seriously. Like the Bucks knicks game, that was the first one. Like they down the end, like both teams were into it and trying, like, I think it, which is sad to say, because you would think getting paid millions of dollars to play something you're good at and love, it would come natural, but here we are, but like the players and teams um, were up for it. And that's nice to see in November. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree to a certain extent. We're going to talk about the point differential thing. I think that's something they need to get rid of and I'll explain why in a minute, but like that, that to me, I just think, um, when we talk about changes, I'll explain why I, I I don't care for it that much. I do like some of the court Jersey combinations, like the Pistons, I think nailed it. Like the, the soft silver kind of grayish with the red across the court and the, their jerseys. I actually like their jerseys they picked out, but yeah, you're right. So, some of them are a miss. Uh, 
uh, who was it the other night? I was watching them. And I'm like, man, those are ugly jerseys. It was like like color spots all over them. And I'm just like, that's. Yeah. I think they could do a better job too of matching the road jersey when they like. I, mm. I think maybe it was a Rockets game. They were playing a team that already had some red in there. So even though they were wearing not their their all red ones, you're like, oh, that's a lot. That's my favorite <laughs> color, but I'm like, that is a lot of red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh well, and we went to um, we went to the Lakers Heat game. Uh, and even though that was an in-season tournament game, that the the jerseys themselves they didn't look that bad. Like I didn't mind them. I was like, man, if I was like a Heat fan or I like Jimmy Butler, I probably would have bought a jersey just because it kind of looked cool. So yeah, I think there's some things that the NBA got right with this. Um, let's uh, let's talk about changes because I think that's kind of like it's almost over. We're getting to the end. So uh, let me ask. I got four changes, but I want to hear before I hit my four. What what changes would you? Maybe, maybe we'll take one at a time. What is there a specific change you'd like to see to the tournament? We'll start with the easy one. I think it should be longer. Agreed. So that's Instead one of the of ones four I have. Games maybe go six games like I, I i don't know how long they want to draw it out but at least another game or two um you know you then some of the middle the middle teams have something to play for a little longer you know if you're having a bad stretch like memphis they were like eliminated after two games and you're like well <laughs> come check out our in-season tournament court um so i would make it a little longer and i know you mentioned this on your other pod like I'm sure it'll be marketed different because they'll sell it or package it with something, but in season tournament <laughs> doesn't sound uh, fancy or connective. Like, you know, right, walk right. down the street, be like, Ryan, are you going to watch the in season tournament games tonight? Um, so hopefully those are two little things they should adjust. Oh, okay. So change the name, the more games I'm with you on the more games. So that's the one, make it longer. Uh, which goes, I'll just hit on one of my points that kind of goes along with that because I had make it longer, but make it, make it, and don't do these groups, uh, just do it division. And what you do is make it eight games and you play each division opponent twice in it once in November, once in December. That's what I would do. I would push the tournament, actual tournament itself back to February. And then that would be kind of like the, the Vegas part of it. And, and then like get rid of the all-star stuff. That's what I would do. And then you get rid of the all-star stuff and the, your big event is not the all-star stuff anymore. It's the, it's the in-season tournament. So you play each uh, team in your division twice in the first half of the year. And it kind of also gives us a snippet of what the NBA was in the first half of the year, like who's on top of the division and stuff. Uh, it can form better rivalries, I think within division as well, which I think could be fun uh, because like, you know, some of these groups, it's like, well, what what kind of history do they have with one another? They don't have a lot of history. So they're they're playing hard, but it, like it would mean more if it's like the Bucks and the Sixers or, you know, like the people in division, I should say, like so the, the Celtics and the Sixers and stuff like that, that that like, oh, man, these guys are playing for the only spot to get into that in season tournament and you play once each month and it's like and, and with more games then there will be allowed for a little bit more variance of records and then you won't have so many teams like tied and then have to worry about point differential so i would do in division by the way i got that idea from luke so i don't want to like steal it but i would do the eight games i wouldn't do just six i do eight and then you get people more invested longer like it you know once a week basically from november to december you have an in-season tournament night which i think would be super fun yeah, I was thinking that uh, um, 
like a Friday, even if you did for the NBA, if you did like Friday night East, uh, Saturday night West, like to just, so you have back-to-back nights of it that you can swap conferences or whatever. Again, I'm sure there's technicalities with scheduling and stuff that yeah, you it's above our pay grade, but I do agree. Like I do like the division idea too, um, because no matter what way you do it, like even if you random pick one set of one group is going to be harder than the other. Right. Same with the division. Some divisions are easy. Some are hard. You're going to get that in the draw anyhow. Yeah. And they didn't like, if I could understand like maybe doing the groups, if you like ink, ink, um, like mixed up the conferences then to make it more, but you're just staying in the same conference anyway. So why not just stay within the division? So uh, did you have another? Um... My main one would be, I know we talked about like the purpose of it, like yeah. the 500K or whatever. Like, I guess that's fine. That doesn't do anything for fans though. Right. One of the ones I heard that I liked was, because right now whoever makes it to the final, the game doesn't count for records, right. just an extra game, I would make it so that it counts for the winner. Mm. So if you win the in-season tournament, you automatically have every tiebreaker because you have that half game on everyone, which, you know, if you're the Celtics and you win it and you get to the end of the year, like even if you you come down to the last game, you're like, well, it doesn't matter if we tie. <laughs> we can't tie. We're either going to be ahead or behind. Um, so for the top teams – it's a big incentive to go for it because if you get that tiebreaker, that can be a big difference between one, two, three, or four for home court. And if even for the bottom teams, if you're an NCs, if you're a playing team or you're fighting for the A spot, you got that half game chip on everyone. I think that's the easiest way. I do agree with either give them a, a play in or the A seed, but I think owners would be, it's a harder sell for them on that. Mm-hmm. I think just giving the team the win, they get the extra win. It's simple. It's like, hey, you got the tiebreaker. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I I still I still like and I I did, too. I had purpose. It's got to have a purpose for the fans, because if you're going to get like the casual fans to watch, they need to know why they're watching it. They don't care if a millionaires get five hundred extra thousand dollars, you know, five hundred thousand dollars. They don't care about that. Uh, But if if you did a purpose now, I'm really like. If they make the playoffs, right? I think they should be allowed to pick their playoff opponent. That's that's where I'm at. That is such a big prize. Um, and as long as you make the pl- so, like if you if you're the Bucks last year, you're not picking the Heat, you're picking the Nets last year, right? Like it gives you such an advantage because like the season's long, things switch. The Nets were in the position they were because of Kevin Durant before he got traded right last year. Now he, he's no longer there. They're a totally different team. So if you're like the bucks and you won the in-season tournament and like the teams that are on top, like the, 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 like the Lakers, the Suns, they're going to want to pick their first round opponent. They're going to want to be in a position to have some sort of power of the playoffs. I just think that would be just so much better. Just, it'd be easier. I think the fans would care because they like if you're a Celtics fan, you're going to be like, yeah, we don't want the Bucks and the Sixers in our our side of the bracket. We want to put them to you know, and the same with the Bucks. So I think picking their playoff opponent, um, if they win their tournament, and they would still have to make the playoffs though, they can't be a play-in team. They got to make the playoffs, so they have to still try in the back half of the year. So that that would be my thing. And if they don't make the playoffs, they don't get to use it. That that would be my my. Uh, my reward that's i just i don't know how that that doesn't do it for the nba it's like you know it doesn't change anything 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like, I, I think that would, in fairness, I think that's like the last thing <laughs> that the league would do. Cause I don't think they want to open the box of teams picking other teams and like throwing off their bracket and all that. But I, I've liked that idea for a while. If you're the, the one seed you can pick, you just can't pick the two seed. I think it would be because you, obviously but you know if you're the one seed and you're like yeah cool i would like to play or even if you make it if you're the one seed you can pick five through eight like you can't pick a home court advantage team you know because they got right home home court sure yes anything like that i do like that concept um i think Think of the drama think of the drama too like if you're if you're the team that gets picked like yeah we want you because you're the the weakest link i think that would be a motivating factor for these teams that would cause a little bit of drama too yeah i think so too i think it would it would add to that especially for the first round (laughs) because you're like you know with the exception of the last couple years you know if you're like oh look it was bucks pistons like one year ago you're like gee i wonder who's gonna win this one you know you're kind of (laughs) like this is going to be a boring first round that no one wants to talk about. But if you, if you pick the five seed, you better show up and play for the five seed. Yeah, correct. Correct. Um, And then my last thing is just the point differential. I just can get rid of that. And the reason why is what's going to happen is this. A team's going to be up by 20 in a time where we normally like take the players out. So you, you don't risk injury, but you need to get to 29. So you keep your starters in and then some big star is going to blow out a knee you know, destroy their ankle or whatever. And it's going to cost somebody their whole season. And every other team is going to be like, okay, is this season, season, uh, season tournament worth catching up the point differential? It's going to happen. And people are going to not want to do it. And so I just don't want to see, you know, Giannis knee get blown out just because he's trying to chase points when, you know, you're up 40 points or whatever. I just don't want to see it and then be like, well, yeah, that was worth it. Now you get your team might win a cup. Good for you. I hope you're happy that you blow out your knee for that. Like, that's why I'd get rid of it. I don't want to see teams up by 30 with their starters in the game. If it's, if it means very little to nothing, you know what I'm saying? I, I get what you're saying. I like it. I, I wish they would incorporate it more. Like, I think it was on the Bill Simmons podcast. Like you make it like a March Madness where you have the scores run across the point differential, like <laughs> every time out or whatever. Cause I think like when Giannis blows not- out his knee, Clint, you're not going to like it. I promise. <laughs> I see. I'm not a big Devin Booker fan, but he, he had an interview last night when they were asking it about, and he was like, I wish people would just play to the end. Like we used to like, it doesn't make a difference. It was, I think it was Jason Tatum was saying he didn't like it. He wanted to respect the, it's the bulls. Who cares? Blow them out by 50. Um, I would just say, I just like the mentality of like, look, stop it. Go for it. Like I, I tend to be, <laughs> especially in my young years, more brash. My favorite player was Terrell Owens. So, you know, celebrate on the star after you scored a touchdown in Dallas for all I care. Um, I like that concept. Like I'm not huge into soccer and I know this is like, they're taking it from uh, European soccer and that, but the way they incorporated and you're playing and you're like a team that would normally you're up three, nothing. And you're like, fine. And you're like, Nope, we're going for seven, eight goals to get out of group play. I don't mind it. I, the injury is always there. Like, 
So well, I get, yeah, I it's it, it's like a preseason game, though, right? You 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 you're gonna get injured whether you play regular season or or NFL football, but you don't want your guys in there in the preseason because you know there's gonna be more scrutiny, right? Like Michael, what happened to Michael Vick or whatever? Like he got injured, and now like then now hardly any starters play because they realize it's just not worth it. It's not worth the reps to get there. So eventually, what it, what I think will probably happen is Therese Halliburton's going to blow out a knee, something, something like that's going to happen. And then NBA teams are going to look and be like, well, is it really going to be worth chasing points? What, what does this cup even mean? Like nothing, right? Like it's nothing. It's just a fun gimmick right now. So if that happens, like, I just think teams are going to be like, I don't care if we're in this tournament. I don't care if we get to the point differential, because if I'm up by 20 and all this is counting this for is a regular season win, I just don't want to risk having my starters in a game that we already won. Yeah. And that's why I think that the point differential gets solved. If you're playing for the tiebreaker or guaranteed playoff spot or pick your opponent, because then you have more justification for like, all right, we need to keep going. Cause this is, if you're if the it's Pacers, for something, you know, sure. Yeah. yeah. If you're the Pacers, like this gives us a playoff spot or this gives us the tiebreaker to get in. Yeah. And then as a fan, you can be like, all right, well, sure, it's ter- you never want to see a guy get hurt, but at least they were doing it for something opposed to, right? Like right now, it's kind of counterproductive. You're like, why Why are we playing? If, if the Bucks didn't have to do it, but you're right. Like we're up 30 and Giannis is in the game so that AJ Green, one of our two, <laughs> you know, one of our back of the roster guys can get half a million dollars at the end of this. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> right, right. I just, I just can see it. I can see it now. And I, I just like, I don't know. And I think if you have eight games, I don't, I think there'll be enough of a variance where it's not going to matter. Like with the point differential, like you'll, your records will be, or how, how about this? If you tie a record, just play that, that team one more time, like have it, have it the schedule in a, a way where you can play your, to get in, play and get in type thing. That, that would be or- more fun to me than, than point differential. Like, or you could do it point differential against that team. You have the tiebreaker on. So then when you, if you're playing Miami or Philadelphia, like if you're playing one of the sure. good teams, that's the team. Otherwise, part of you feels a, a little bit when you're like, oh, we have the Wizards tonight or the Hornets. We're beating them by 50. The that's, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Pistons. We got to fatten our schedule tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing is so, so, and then, and and then that's the other thing with point differential. Sometimes it's now dependent on who you play in your group, right? Like, so if a team, like, let's say if the box got a group where they're like, Oh, we play the magic in our group, but we also have the wizards, hornets and pistons. They got a huge advantage because they're I going know. to, no. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Right. Like, like, but, but you understand what I mean? They have a huge advantage because they got three very weak teams. So is it fair to the, 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 the team that like Boston and, and 76ers and the, the Pacers. And, and if, if there's a group like that in the, the league, I don't know if that's entirely fair. So going back to maybe to your original point. So then if the, the bucks and magics tied, what was the point differential between those two teams? I, I, I don't mind that as a concept. I just like, I, it's like the one last shred of sportsmanship we have is when you're beating a bad team by 40 points, you're not piling on. And like, we're like, let's play 2k. Let's just get rid of it. Let's play a video game here. And like, just totally get rid of it. I've, I've just, I don't know. I'm not really for that. Um. Okay. Anything else on the end season tournament you want to talk about? No, I, if what, I'm excited to see how it plays now that we go to the knockout. So, so I, I said this on my podcast, uh, our, our live stream with um, 
Isaac, I said a cynical part of me wants like the Pelicans to win it or like the the Pacers and then them to totally like miss the playoffs. <laughs> it just <laughs> Oh, I thought of one other thing that I saw that it just it was a Knicks fan. It was a Knicks thing and they were complaining because the Knicks made it based off the point differential and they're like, well, what did the Knicks really gain out of it? Now they have to play in Milwaukee. If they beat Milwaukee, they probably have to play um, Boston. Meanwhile, the Sixers get, you know, like an easy, an easier team. So you're like, you're just hurting yourself. And I was like, see, that's like, that's part of the problem we've built into it though, is that now you're like, well, do we want to go because we have a harder schedule? Like who cares? Just play. It's, it's like, I, that's part of the competitiveness, especially in the NBA that you've kind of lost is like, who cares? You get to prove yourself. If you lose great. Well, that means you can't take a day off later in the year when you play the Hornets, you better make sure you beat all the bad teams. Like I hate, I hate seeing that. Cause you're like, yes. Did the, did the Knicks hurt themselves? The Bucks probably hurt themselves, right? Because now you get the Knicks. If you beat the Knicks, you're going to get the Celtics. If you beat the Celtics, you're probably going to get like maybe one of the Western teams. Maybe you get the Suns and you're like, oh, cool. Instead of playing the Pistons and a couple extra bunnies, we just got three tough teams. But you're like, if you're going to be good, you got to be good teams anyhow. So just go play. Yeah, that that that's not. Yeah, I agree with that part of it. Like part of it is like you want to you want to prove yourself, but it is it would be when wouldn't you laugh if the Pelicans like won and then like <laughs> they they barely get into the play in and then they get eliminated in the play in. I mean, and then it'd be like, OK, so what was this in season tournament for? <laughs> like, you know, I just that's what I kind of want. Just the I cynical guess. part of me. Yeah, And if you're ever into NBA, like conspiracy stuff, when you look at the in season tournament, you're like. Um, I'm pretty sure the Suns, Lakers, Bucks, or Celtics. Oh yeah, <laughs> two of those teams are probably going to make it because they probably don't want the Pacers and the Pelicans in the finals of the first in-season tournament. Just a hint. Yeah, uh, crazy. I think they said that the Lakers were called for the least amount of fouls in the NBA so far this season. Shocking. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, I wonder why that. that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Pistons are called for the most right now. It's like ridiculous. Anyway, how did how do they get foul calls? They even play defense. No. <laughs> I was watching some of the videos this morning of that guy that you sent me yesterday. It's so hilarious. It was good. As, as soon as I saw that, I thought of you. I was like, "That's that's great." What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Okay, let's go to uh, Clint's uh, quick hits here. We're gonna talk about a couple teams that he sent me. We'll talk about his bucks as well. Uh, just for the first half. Well, it's not the first half, but like the first quarter of the NBA season. So you sent me the Magic. So what's your quick hit with the Magic? They have surprised me. Th their know, defense right? is good. Like I thought their defense would be good and their offense not so good. But their defense is like good, good. I know that's really technical, but it's been like good, good, good. <laughs> and it's overcome their offense. So it's really impressive to watch. Uh, the Bucks struggled against them. They just beat the Celtics. Um, they seem pretty legit. Just have to see, you know, long haul, if it yeah. holds up, if teams figure it out, if the – I didn't check if, you know, like their offense is like they're sometimes you get three point shooting luck on both ends. Like you're hotter than normal or the other team is missing more than they should, but they, they look like uh, more than just a play in team. <laughs> well, well, they, they, um, they're long. They got a lot of defensive minded players, Suggs, Fultz, 
uh, Paulo and, and, and Franz. It's just like those guys, are legit defenders as well. So, and, and remember last year, they finished the season, I think 28 and 28. So it wasn't like this, it's sort of the defense kind of came on like as good as they are, but they they're right now, I think second or, or first in defense right now. So yeah, I, I'm kind of interested. I want to watch them a little bit more, see if this continues, but man, this is, this is really a team that I, I kind of, uh, what's it called? Like, like you attach your own team to sometimes like when you're, you're losing a lot. Oh, this team is too. Let's see how we grow together or this team. Uh, it's funny. I put the, the, the magic and the, um, the rockets with the Pistons the last couple of years. Well, there's <laughs> one of those teams do not belong. That's what I'll tell you right now. So, but yeah, I'm with you on the magic. I I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised and good for them. Yeah. And we're, we're, you know, usually after 10 games, sometimes was it, was that the jazz were like eight and three last year <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, reality sure. kind of set in like we're over 20 games into the season now about yeah. 20 games in so it seems to be sticky like i don't think they're going to suddenly go you know 20 of their next 35 and just totally fall off C- correct i agree with you uh okay what's your quick hits on the bulls oof it's <laughs> like, right yeah this, this is one we've talked about i i put down in my notes patrick williams you and I had that discussion at the trade deadline of moving him for Jeremy Grant. And mm-hmm. your best wish was that Patrick Williams would become Jeremy Grant. And now he's not playing that much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, point. The team just like, they don't even look like they want to be there. It just, the whole strategy. And I know the Lonzo ball situation, they looked good for that stretch, but it just, you look at the magic <laughs> and they have two players that the bulls should have. And it just, it, it falls into that poor strategy, poor decision-making. And then you just keep compounding on it instead of just cutting your losses. And now you got, what did they win one playoff game? They beat the bucks in one yeah. game. And now you're just going to blow it up. And Patrick Williams is a shell of what you thought. And, Patrick Williams turned down like 80 something million dollars because he wanted high 20s. I don't know if you're getting high 20s after this season, bud. So it just, it's been a dumpster fire. I, I agree. Like they got to blow this up. It, it's so funny because it, it was like, so, so first of all, it shows you why you shouldn't overvalue your own assets, right? Like you like Patrick Williams, but you, like you mentioned, I think you were the one that mentioned it. You hope that he becomes Jeremy Grant. Like, so in that moment, if you're going to be all in, just go all in. Like, you know, the the one thing we're not going to talk about the Clippers, uh, but the one thing like that you can at least give them, they're like, hey, we're not going to hold on to Marcus Morris and Robert Covington. Let's go get an actual ball. Let's just go all in. We got nothing to lose at this point because we lost everything already. Where like the the um, the Bulls are like, ah, yeah, you know, I don't know what we want to do. And it's like, dude, you're all in. Just go all in. Right. Your team is not winning the championship. Go all in. So uh, now they're kind of like stuck in that mediocrity. And now they're even worse than that. So, you, you, yeah, they got to blow it up. It's yeah. Any any predictions of any anywhere these players are going? That's, that's I think Caruso will get they'll get something a good, something for Caruso yeah. because of that one more year on that contract. And he's what a lot of teams need. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Zach Levine, he's just one of those guys, again, where you're like, he's good. He's a good player, but what good team needs a Zach Levine? <laughs> yeah, well, I, the one team, like, 
I, we just talked about them and I don't know if I'd want to do it if I'm them, but I would think about it as a magic because of their offense. Like there's, they're, they're just not, they're missing something on offense. And if, as long as he's willing to work off the ball and be like a second, third option, like that could be like a nice, like flamethrower on, on your, on the offensive side of the ball to pair with all your defenders. Like your defense is fine, but what, how can we get our, I think their offense is like 20 low twenties. So like if we can get that up there and who knows, you might not even have to give up a lot for them, you know, it's, for him. So and that's to... just an option. I'm just saying, I, I don't know if I would do it, but I would think about it just because if I, I want my offense to get going, Zach Levine is kind, kind of that on offense. Yeah. It's, it's hard to throw that into like they're yeah. a young team and it's clicking. Yeah. And like, that's fair. It's hard to know, even if you have a phone conversation or a face to face, if Zach Levine is literally going to be like, I'll take a back seat. I'll just, you know, run the offense. It's, you know, he's not old, but you know, he's set in his ways. That's kind of that. It would be hard to throw off. It would make me nervous, especially maybe if they magic have a rough stretch coming up, you consider it as you get closer to the trade deadline, but that would make me nervous. I, I know it falls in the same category of we're hoping some of these guards would be as good as Zach Levine that the magic have, but you're like, ah, that would be hard to, uh, toss that in there and be like, what if it doesn't work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. But, but like you, you know, like there's so much like the NBA is a little bit more, uh, I would have to say like the, the talent is kind of more equal now. Like it, I, I was telling Isaac uh, the other day, like the parody in the NBA is, is a good kind of parody where the parody in the NFL is kind of like right now, a bad kind of parody, <laughs> like where you can't distinguish between good and bad teams where the, where the NBA, it's like all the players look really good. And there's a, there's a distinguish between like the bad teams and like the top teams, but the middle teams are all like fun to watch. And I just like, do you do you want to win a championship? Do you think like a backcourt with Suggs and Fultz is really going to do that for you? Adding Zach Levine, will it will that increase your chance like fifteen percent? Like that's the type of stuff I think of. Or like with the Lakers, would you rather have D'Angelo Russell or Zach Levine? Right, like maybe you'd rather have Zach Levine. They both are yeah. turnstiles on offense. I mean defense, but at least Zach Levine is is more consistent and and longer and can shoot the ball, you know, out of the gym. You know, for sure. Unless if you're playing the Pistons, because then Russell's like, I can, I got this. Hold my, hold my beer, as they would say. (laughs) Uh, Okay. What what about the Wolves? Give us your quick, quick hit on the, um, the Wolves. They're almost like the magic of the West. I mean, they're, they're a much, they're an older team minus, uh, I can't think of his name now. They're shooting guard. Like oh, Edwards? Edwards, Edwards, yeah. I was look. I like his his face is in my head, and I'm like, why can't I think of Anthony Edwards? <laughs> um, yeah, they played really strong. Um, yeah, I had some hopes for them, but it's hard, like with Carl Anthony Towns on the team, and uh, to think that they're going to be tough. But they have really turned the ship around uh, from last year, mm-hmm. and you know, maybe they took pride in taking Denver to five games, and they were the toughest team to play Denver, like Carl Anthony Towns said. But I still worry with the dis- defensive system they have to use to play Rudy Gobert that a wrong matchup would uh, kind of throw that off. But there's less and less of those now. <laughs> you know, the NBA is kind of oh, switch- sure. yeah. switching away from that really small ball. Like this, the Suns might be difficult for them to get Rudy go to, to play Rudy Gobert. 
Um, but outside of that, they've really kind of put it together and put whatever personal garbage they seem to have, you know, between each other away for the season. Yeah, I agree. Rudy looks better too. And, and um, the uh, you're right. I think most of the teams in the West are like, man, if the, could the Timberwolves get the nuggets and knock them out for us so that we might have a chance against the Timberwolves, because I think that might be the only team that if I'm the nuggets, I'm looking around and I'm just like, man, that's probably the only team I'm really worried about right now. You know, so they're the only one that has like the size and a little, a little versatility with it. Like, I mean, Jokic can still shoot, but he doesn't prefer to take 10 threes a game. Um, And that's probably not his strength, you know, facilitating from up there. So I've been impressed with Minnesota. I think Rudy Gobert did what maybe Zach Levine needs to do. Like he, he put his ego in check after last year a little bit and was like, all right, well, I'm not the dude anymore. (laughs) I'm never going to be the dude. That's not my skill. And I'm just going to play my role and do it as best as I can. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Okay. Quick hit uh, the Spurs. It's been ugly. Like, I know, I know they're, I know they're not a good team. (laughs) I didn't expect him to be that good. I didn't expect him to be this bad. Like, is it 12 straight, 12 straight losses? It could be worse. Uh, yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're like, I, I don't know. It doesn't look like there's a plan. Like, Victor has shown flashes. Like, maybe we have like a curse. The last time you and I did NBA thing, it was after like he had one of those big Suns game, and then since sure. then it's just been like, I I pulled it up. Like he's shooting forty three percent from the field. Yeah. Not great for someone that's seven feet five. Twenty seven percent from three. Like. This was not that I was Zion Williamson level worried about Victor. My worry is like, it's, it's different shooting when you're off the ball. Like Victor is a little bit more now, or they, it seems like he goes, I don't have the ball to, Oh, here you go, Victor, do something. And then it's like mm, bailout three. Yeah. I would say two other things. I think his physicality is getting like, he's getting pushed around. Like even like I was watching the game with the Clippers in the, in the Spurs and like Terrence Mann was pushing him out of the pay. Like he just doesn't, he's not physical and they're, he almost, well, he might have to play like the three. Like, that's what I'm thinking is like, he might have to play the three on offense, uh, which will be interesting. But if you're having people like keeping you out of the paint and pushing you around, uh, he, he could build more muscle maybe, but I'm just saying like, that's a problem. And the other thing is they're doing this experiment with, uh, uh, Jeremy Sohan where he's like be, be, being like the point forward and that's where they're really committed to that and I think that's hurting Victor's development because he's not a true point guard and or playmaker or, or uh, a facilitator is what the word I'm looking for hey, the numbers with uh, I think Tyus Jones is the their backup right or um, oh. is that right who's their backup no. point guard it's like a Tyus up. Jones type um where are the guards? The it's uh, let's see here, Trey Jones. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, close. I was close. Uh, but his numbers with Trey Jones on the court as the facilitator versus Sohan is is better. Victor's is so. I think you know. I I understand what Pop is trying to do because if you can get Sohan to be like a good facilitator, that's gonna be really good for your team, but it might be hurting the development of uh women Yama right now. Yeah, I would agree. They just, they need, he's, he needs guard play. I think he's always going to be need guard play. Cause as much as he has like 
flashes of that Kevin Durant look. Mm-hmm. As we've said, as you know, anyone that if you're seven five, it's it's going to be almost impossible to be an elite ball handler. Oh, sure, <laughs> you know, sure, bringing yeah. the ball up at that height. So he's going to need guards, and even if you have a good point forward, like you're still going to need guards. <laughs> and I think they're giving Sohan a shot, which is perfectly fine. You know, burn the season, but it. Uh, <laughs> It makes it hard to watch at times going. Mm. And I yeah. kind of feel bad for Victor because you're, if it continues long enough, you're going to get the, the, this was the greatest prospect ever to come into the NBA. Yeah. Chet already looks better than him. Like Chet, like, and he was, he was, you know, I'm saying like he looks better as an NBA player right now than Victor does. And my approach with Victor, similar to like what uh, OKC is doing is like, if he's going to eventually be a center, just put him at center. Yeah, I agree. Like, he, he's going to get, be, if he's getting beat up by Terrence Mann now, like what's the difference if he gets beat up by Terrence Mann or Joel Embiid? Like he's going to get pushed around. Like he's got to figure it out. Cause eventually you're not going to have two seven foot guys that can shoot most likely on that team. He's going to have to play center, let him figure it out. He's going to block some shots. He's going to do his thing. But if you're kind of stalling him around, like you're just, um, stunting the development of that part of his game yeah i mean what's the worst case scenario like you lose more games it's like <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm with you on that okay what's your quick hit your milwaukee bucks so i don't know if you like if if anyone is like into bucks twitter or whatever but there was like the the adrian griffin civil war of like, you know, like two weeks ago about we need to fire adrian griffin and i get it like i am not like sold or like out on adrian griffin i think we lost the fact that we hired adrian griffin with the idea that we have drew holiday and he's going to run this defensive system he should have adjusted sooner (laughs) he still needs to make some adjustments um but i think the hardest thing like as a bucks fan i've kind of come around or for bucks fan in general is it's not going to look like it has the last five years oh no like we were so used to like the defense looks good we shoot a ton of threes. It's like a, a smooth operating ship. Like it's still a fairly smooth operating ship. It just looks different because we blow out teams at the end of games now <laughs> and opposed to like in the first or second quarter of games. So I think you have the adjustment of that. They do need to be sound on defense. I'm not even saying good. Like if you watch them, like Brooke Lopez just did it. Giannis does it too many times. Like stop reaching. Stop reaching <laughs> like Brooke Lopez did it. it. He was out at the three point line and the guy was dribbling and he took a swipe. And then the guy went by him. I'm like, Brooke, you're not known for your fast hand swiping. Um, Malik Beasley does it. Like there's four or five times. That I'm like, just stay there. Right. Just stay in front of him. If he gets past you, Brooke Lopez is there. So that part doesn't have me like terrified yet, but. I wish they, I hope they just button up where they just look competent. When there's a switch, the guy knows to switch and there's not like a half a hesitation. Um, but outside of that, it it's amazing having Dame at the end wow. of games. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the Bucks have gone through point guards for years. And again, I love Drew Holiday. No shade to Drew Holiday, but watching Dame at the end of games, is it's like a surprise when he misses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or turns it over. You're like, Oh my gosh, but it's just like a revelation to yeah. give Dame the ball, run some screens and be like, 
oh, <laughs> that's all we have to do. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I just think like patience is necessary because again, like there's not a lot of practice, right? So you're practicing technically, your practices are like regular season games. So, um, you know, I said this on a different podcast, like the, the nets, when they came together or the, the um, Cleveland Cavaliers was Kyrie and, 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 and love and, and LeBron and, and the, the Miami heat, they all started off slow. Like I think the Miami heat, the, the, they started off nine and eight, the nets were five and seven, the, the, um, the other team there, the Cavs were five and seven. So it's just like, you're integrating a huge piece in Damian Lillard into a new system. It's going to take time both offensively and defensively. But the nice thing about it is you can rely on the offense of Lillard and Giannis to get you over some of these struggles you're going through right in the first half of the season. So if they're playing this way after the all-star break, then, you know, like then we could talk about those concerns, but just give them time. and know that's the worst, like, uh, like nobody likes to hear that. Be patient. Nobody likes to hear that. Even as like sports fans, be patient but you gotta be patient because that you're not just implementing a, a guy into bud system. You're into implementing a whole new system and one of the, the greatest guards of all time, especially in our era. So it's going to take time. It's just, it, and, it is. And like that Celtics game, Giannis, he, he does it at the end of the game. Like the last six minutes of the game, he decides I shouldn't dribble the ball up all the time. I'll just give it to the guys who, you know, get paid to do that. <laughs> um, he needs to slowly do that more. And I think we underestimated the change for him mm-hmm. of not bringing the ball up. Like he used to do that a lot more. He still does it too much, but it's a hard balance to find because there are times when Giannis gets the ball and you're like, well, you want him to dribble up. It's it's one-on-one. Like he can find those spaces and he'll get in there for his dunks and layups. But other times when it's not a fast break, you're like, all right, we, we don't need you bringing the ball up because you're not a point guard. Like, you the the other thing, some good things, but the other thing, can he keep his head up? Like when he dribbles in the lane, he takes so many. Um, I think it was against the Boston game. There was one time he he drove the lane. There was three guys that kind of collapsed on him, and Middleton was open in one corner, and then and then uh, Lillard was open up on top, and he ended up doing like a little like like you know push shot like a floater, and he missed. It's like, man, if you just kept your head up, you had your two best shooters wide open. So if you're going to bring the ball up, Giannis, and if you're going to do something, just keep your head up, man. You got it. You got the shooters around you now. Yeah, And I think his – hopefully it'll come if they get more offensive continuity. But, you know, like in Bud system, some of those cool passes where he would do that and then throw it behind his head, like, oh, my gosh. We're like, well, that's because they the Bucks had the boxes where the guys had to stand. They don't have that this year. And you've seen like Pat Connaughton just did it. He got the ball in the paint and he no looked it to the corner and there was no one in the corner. Uh, you know, it's just, and my brother was texting me. I'm like, bud habits die hard. You know, like yeah. even on defense, sometimes they, they over help into the paint and you're like, it just, that's hard for those guys who did it for five years. Yeah. It's a simple system, you know, where you're helping off and doing these things. So I'm, holding out hope that still just with a little more time and hopefully Adrian Griffin will, you know, <laughs> remove his head from his butt a little bit and make a couple adjustments on these, or they'll make a trade for someone. Um, and it'll look buttoned up. They don't have to be a top 10 defense. That ain't going to happen. Right. But if you can be 15, 16, 17, you already have a top four offense. 
That's what you need. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Okay. Any anything else with the NBA? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's it's been an exciting season. Like I'll I'll give the, 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 the rules that they seem to change, like the 65 games for the, you know, like to make awards and that seem to have paid off. Yeah. You know, the teams have been trying, the games look a little more competitive. Do you know that Kawhi and Paul George have played every single game this season? Yeah, it, see, like things like that are like I don't know if that would have happened anyhow, but I think the evidence, which even like Giannis, I think Giannis has only sat one game. He's played yeah. back to backs. He just played forty minutes the other night. I'm like, I think guys are like, all right, well, if I want these incentives in my contracts and stuff, I got to play. And right. again, it's sad that we have to say that, but it's worked. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's worked. Yeah, so yeah, it, we'll see. You know, like how how the NBA season unfolds. I'm really excited to see how the tournament goes in Vegas, and then again, like how how all that shapes out in the future. So yeah, we'll stop there. Uh, I could complain about my Pistons, but I'm not going to do that because they're losing 15 in a row. Monty Williams, I have been proven right uh, so far about him being a really overrated hire. Um, I just didn't think it'd be this bad. So. Yeah, hey, I know. seven years left. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because I was thinking about this. He like Bud would be better for the Pistons as like a developmental coach, like because it, it, it's a simple, simple system, you know, and that's what the, the young players need over in Detroit. I don't know. I don't know. Just Monty Williams was not the guy. <laughs> I don't know. Right now. Anyway, you got to be patient. But man, whew. don't worry, though. Bojan might be back Saturday. Yeah, so that's yeah, nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, man. Well, thanks a lot for joining me. Yeah. This was fun. No problem. Yeah. Uh, thank, yeah. Thanks everybody else for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you haven't yet, go check out our YouTube channel uh, where we post clips and we uh, will have a clip of even this podcast up there. Uh, also check out our Instagram and Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk to you guys soon.